The defense upon second look worse than I thought it was going to be. So we're going to look at ways to fix it. How do they get out of this? And also Grant Williams, just chill out a little bit. It's all right now on the Lockdown Celtics podcast. Be ever ready. Recognize the city of champions. Boston, baby, we do what you can. Locked on number 18, Tatum and Brown, J-team, step back. We gon' wet that and slay teams. Of course, the Celtics, who else could it be? Screaming like KG with the Larry O'B. Corrales above average, assessing the team status. Best daily pod, no cap, salary matching. Clutch like Bird to DJ, keep John on replay. Primetime, dapping up the truth on the sideline. Rain and Jays, how it started, raising banners, how we finished. Locked on Celtics pod, home of the winners. B. Hey, welcome back to the Lockdown Celtics podcast here on the Lockdown Podcast Network, where it is your team every day, and I'm here for you every day with a free, fresh podcast dropped wherever you get your podcasts, whatever device you use, even on YouTube. So if you like to watch the show, then I love having you on board there as well. Make sure you're subscribed everywhere. So thank you for making the show part of your daily routine. I'm John Corrales. Uh, appreciate you making it your first listen as well. I'm a former professional basketball player. cover the Celtics for Boston Sports Journal right now. Wrote a book called Boston Celtics All-Time All-Stars. Still talking about that loss to Chicago. Kind of big, bigger picture stuff after that loss. And uh, just moving moving into the what we can expect moving forward. The Celtics are off. Uh, they did not. They traveled on Tuesday. They're practicing Wednesday. I assume they're practicing Thursday. So a lot coming up over the course of this week, but to dive a little deeper into that game is uh, my guy, Tom Westerholm, Tom underscore NBA on Twitter. Tom, I feel man. Good man. Just, uh, I'm feeling a lot better than the Celtics uh, defense looked. So mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. feeling good. Uh, yeah. The Celtics defense did not, has not looked good. Uh, today's episode brought to you by bet online. Bet online has you covered this season with more props odds and lines than ever before bet online is where the game starts we're going to start with that defense that tom mentioned the celtics are looking just uh, not lost necessarily no, they know where they're supposed lost. to be yeah they're just not there right and that's that's the i, I don't know if i don't know how much of that loss against Chicago can be kind of chalked up to third game in four nights. Maybe that's, you know, yeah. Long road trip. That was, that was a little tough. So maybe there's some of that in, in, in play here. That's absolutely uh, legitimate. And and especially early, early in the season, guys are still finding themselves. uh, I, I, I rewatched, a lot, and I just saw I just saw guys who had been making plays just suddenly stop making plays. Even even Al Horford, which is like the real shocker. Like when Horford kind of just got lost a couple of times, it just tells you a little bit about how that game went. I think. Yeah, I think so. Um, and, and like I'm I'm like you. I'm very here for any. Um, you know, if, if you, if you want to tell me that the Celtics played three games in four nights and that they were all on the road and that they were tired from traveling and Hey, that's the reason that they chucked up so many three pointers in the second half. And it was just, you know, it were like, it just didn't really look like they were running a lot of stuff. And it, you know, and the defense would just kind of was sputtering and, you know, they, they, they went on that 12 to two run and then they completely ran out of gas. Like if you want to tell me all of that stuff, 
I'm willing to listen to it. If you want to tell me that they, you know, just had a lot of trouble getting the toothpaste back in the tube when, you know, at like the, the Bulls start to make their run in the in the first half. And it's just it's just really hard to get back that energy when you're, you know, on the third game in four nights on the road. I'm willing to hear all of that stuff. But I just like I, I do think that like it needs to be addressed, right? Because there's been sort of this coronation of this team after after three games, like Jason Tatum is the MVP. This team right, looks amazing, right, right. all this stuff. And they did. And and Tatum has looked great. And like there's no question about any of that stuff. But like that was a I don't know, that was a concerning game. Like the defense was really bad. And it was like a lot of, you know, it was a lot of, you know, stuff where there's breakdowns, but then a lot of it just started with not being able to stay in front of guys. And like Yeah. I I think that that stuff will probably sort itself out. I don't think that these guys are just, you know, bad defenders now, but like, yeah, it needs to be addressed. Absolutely. It needs to be addressed. I'm wondering how much the scheme needs to be addressed as well. Like, do we do, I think it's a whole big picture because there are a couple of things at play here. There's going to be the Celtics for the next two months or so. And then there's going to be the Celtics post Robert Williams and I'm I'm being optimistic with the two months. I'm hope it's right in the time frame. Um, I'm I'm I know when he got that that plate the the PRP the plate platelet rich plasma injection. I'm still kind of like, is that is that just them getting some blood flow into a place where there isn't normally blood flow and you need the the oxygen to help heal the knee? Like, right. is that just a simple? thing or is it because you don't hear about the the prp injections do people get them and we just don't normally hear about them or was it there's still like some of that going on with this but at some point rob has to be coming back he's not going to be done for the season because of this i mean right i mean he's he's coming back so uh i i feel like there's a plan for now and then there's a plan for later and the plan for later will probably be to play like they had been playing when Rob was fully healthy. He's the roamer and and you kind of take advantage of that. But the for now part involves a lot of games. The Celtics play a ton Mm -hmm. between now and then. Just look at the schedule here. Uh, They play, they don't play for a few more days. They play on Friday, but then after that, this, this begins the kind of every other day March uh, for the most part, the, they, they don't have, they play Friday, they play Sunday, then they play Wednesday. So they get two days off. One of them is a travel day, then day off, back to back, day off game, day off game, day off, back to back, day off game, day off game, day off game. It just goes on and on and on and on for the end of the month. And the next two days off they have, is in the first full week of December. And that happens to be in the midst of this weird long road trip. So they don't catch a break for a long time. I've, I've been talking a lot. <laughs> All of this is to say that th- this isn't just some little temporary thing. Like, let's just get through it. Let's just get through it. Let's just get through right. when Rob, until Rob gets back. This is, you got to figure this out. You got to figure out this non-Rob plan now because it's going to cost you a lot of games if you don't because there are going to be more games where the offense can't bail you out. Right, exactly, because the the truth of the Celtics 
last season, like them being the number one, the, you know, the best defense in the NBA, the truth is like if their offense faltered, that was mostly okay because they had two things propping them up and that was their stars and their defense. And yeah, you might lose some games, but like realistically speaking, if you don't have the number one offense in the league, it's not a big deal because you have stars who can get you enough buckets and a defense that can prevent the other team from doing it. And I don't think that like the Celtics offense has been killer so far, right? Like when that ball is popping around, like they're hitting threes that, you know, they got their stars working. I mean, there was like that stretch. That, well, I said when that ball is popping around, when right, it's yeah. popping around. That's right. So when the sorry. ball is popping around. Yeah. Um, you know, like during that, during that opening stretch against the bulls, you know, Al Horford's hitting threes and it's like, Oh, if Al Horford's hitting threes, there is yeah, not yeah. a single thing you can do about this team. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. If he's making shots, it's over. Like, like, pack it in defensively because they're going to get buckets on you. But like, I, if the defense starts to falter, right? If if the other team is 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 scoring, and 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 if you and you know if you're the Celtics and it is starting to get harder to get out in transition and start taking advantage of the lack of take foul and all that stuff because the other team is putting the ball through the net and you've got to inbound. Like, it's it, it's just it's so much harder to win games when your offense is good and your defense is bad than, than the, the reverse. So yeah, it's, it's really important. And I mean, not for nothing, if you wait for Rob Williams to come back and you build up bad habits waiting for Rob Williams to come back, like what happens if Rob Williams goes down again? Like he's not, you know, like I knock on wood, right. I like Rob and I, I want him to stay healthy, but it's not like we have a long history of him, like coming back and being in the lineup for a long time. Like, you you have yeah. to build up these habits now. You have to build up these um you know these these strategies now. So like these schemes now, so that uh so that you're good whether or not Rob is in the lineup. And look, you build up bad habits. Those bad habits stick around. That's yeah. just it. Like you're yeah. not you're not building up bad habits now, and then watching them disappear when Rob is here. Rob might bail you out after some of those mistakes. But you're not changing those mistakes. If you're making them now and they just become part of your identity, then that's just your identity. And Rob gets some of the defensive player of the year type of shine because he comes in and it's like, oh, wow, look. Yeah. <laughs> the, the conversation, if if the Celtics defense looks like this all through the next few months and Rob comes in and immediately the Celtics defense changes then the conversation will be we gave defensive player of the year to the wrong Celtic and then it it it, it just becomes it becomes scary because now you're depending on on Rob for a whole lot uh and a whole lot more and it, it just with his injury history I, I can see why people are, are scared about that. Let's continue this. Some of the specifics places they can fix this. I talked a little bit about it on yesterday's podcast. We're going to come back and we'll talk about that in just a minute. First, let's talk about LinkedIn jobs. Every new hire, if you're in a small business and I grew up in small businesses, my dad used to have them. I know hiring the wrong person can really mess you up. So you want to be hundred percent certain that you've got the best qualified candidates available That's why you got to check out LinkedIn Jobs. They at LinkedIn Jobs help you find the right people for your team faster. All right. It's very easy to create a job post. Very simple. You go in a few clicks, you fill in a few fields and boom, your job is there. You add that purple hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile 
and you spread the word that you're hiring, the best part is that gets you out to that big pool of people. And then you can whittle them down with simple tools like screening questions, making it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience. You can quickly prioritize who you'd like to have in there to interview and to hire. You know, you got to finish the year strong by having the right people on your team. That's why we're talking about the Celtics. That's why we're talking about LinkedIn jobs. And so go to LinkedIn jobs to help you find the qualified candidates that you want to talk to faster. Small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in develop, developing quality hires uh, versus leading competitors. So post your job for free at linkedin.com slash LockedOnNBA. That's linkedin.com slash LockedOnNBA to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Thanks for making Locked On Celtics your first listen every day. Check out Locked On Sports today for your second listen. It got all the games that matter, the biggest stories in sports, all sports. Go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with local experts and insights only Locked On can provide. Locked On Sports today. It's a great show. It's available wherever you got this show, on YouTube, Odyssey, everywhere. Let's bring Tom Westerholm back in. There are two things that I talked about in yesterday's podcast. Um, The perimeter guys just not staying in front at all. Just not staying in front of guys at all. And then the pick and roll defense has been generally poor. And you see guys stepping into open shots. And it's very difficult for the Celtics to, to... not only prevent those shots, but also when those shots go up and there's, there's help, the, the help is, is fine. The recover is not, and it leaves them open to offensive rebounds. So I'm just trying to figure out what the Celtics can do schematically to change this. Is it as simple as just get back to Al Horford, staying up closer to the level of the screen and just make the rotations, just make it so those rotations are tighter behind it and you you have to defend with speed. Can they even do that if they've been working on drop coverage this whole time? And, and or, or do they just say, no, we're sticking with the drop coverage. We've just got to be better, tighter in how we're chasing guys over the top of screens. I, I mean, it's a good question. I like it's interesting too because of of like the, talking about like the habits that they build up right because like like that drop coverage i mean they did not do that that much last season like cuz just because like so much of it was like the switching and everything so right. I, I mean honestly like t- to me like i mean it is interesting to see kind of Missoula um switching some of that stuff up like is is this the change that they want to do and and if they are going to be changing things up why is is this the thing that is changing to me, like I would, I I don't know. To me, it's like, I I think he, it's, it's kind of related to him. Like, you know, talking about uh, the the timeouts, right. Where he's like, I I like to not call timeout because I I respect these guys and I want them to, it's like, well, I also think like guarding your yard is kind of the same thing, right? Like respect these guys enough to make them like, they should be able to do this. And, and, and and look, I I do want to, I did want to say, even in the last thing, I wanted to say like, like, we're not I, like I, I guess I can't 100% speak for you, but I, I assume that this is true. Like neither of us is like panicking about the defense. It's just 
like it needs to get fixed. Like, right. Like, so it's not like these guys, it's not that these guys can't guard their yard. It's not that like, you know, these drop coverages can't work, but it's like, yeah, we're seeing, we're seeing holes in it. Right. So um, to me, I, I just, honestly, I just think that the guys have to defend individually better. Like it just needs to, the, the pick and roll defense has to be better. You know, Dasunmu can't go, can't like make every, he can't shoot a hundred percent. You can't just let a guy shoot a hundred percent. If uh, I'm sorry, like it's basketball simple sometimes. And to, and to me, I just, I really think that like the point of attack defense is like just so critical. And it was critical last year too, because the thing was, yes, you had Rob roaming around down there, but like he didn't have to roam the entire game. It's like the reason, you know, Marcus Smart won defensive player of the year over him was partly because the Celtics had the number one defense in large part because the perimeter was so well defended because yep. the point of attack was so well defended. So to me, I just think that's the key. I just think shoring that up is the biggest thing they can do. Uh, look, that game, that game, I don't want it to make it seem like we're reacting to one game because we're not. The, the The Celtics defense has been right. porous. It's the, their defensive rating is down uh, I didn't check it today, but it's it's been down in the bottom third. Bottom. So they were. I, I do have that stat after last night's game. They were. Well, this is from cleaning the glass, which filters out garbage time. Um, okay. So they were. So they they were giving up 117 points per 100 possessions, which was 24th in the NBA. That's not good. That's, That's bad. Not- <laughs> <laughs> there. Okay. So there there are a combination of things that that. We're at play in that game against Chicago. So the <laughs> you sent Io Desumu, and it just there was one play. There was one play in the second quarter where the Celtics just didn't get back. And I think there was a point there in the second quarter where the Celtics started to get a little defeated. Yeah. They'd given up, they'd given up the lead, they'd given up a run. So they they started, they started out great. And then they got away from what worked. The the Bulls started hitting shots. The Celtics actually answered that run almost by getting stops. They just then they suddenly went cold. Yeah. So they were great, then they were bad, and then they were unlucky. And they went cold and then they got frustrated. And after they got frustrated, that's when things really started to unravel. And there was a point there where Dasunmu got a transition corner three in the right corner. And <laughs> he shot the ball, shoots it, and then just starts hopping. I saw that. Yeah. He hopped like two, three times before the ball went through. It's like, just go through, just go through. Cause I want to celebrate. Cause that felt so good. Like I can just feel that energy pouring out of his head. That shot felt so good that he was just hopping. Cause he knew it was going to go in. And once it went in, he just hopped back down the court and just like, you cannot let him get that level of confidence right. because then everything is going to fall. That falls on everybody. Not just schematically that does fall on Missoula. For not calling timeouts. There is some element of you got to get these guys off their roll. You got to stop them from feeling so comfortable out there. And yeah, fine. Give those guys a couple of possessions to see if they can get out of it themselves. 
But if it's clear that they're not getting out of it themselves, and especially when they're they're being unlucky and they're missing a couple of layups, gotta call that time out right there. Because now these guys, that's where the frustration lies in. That's where you gotta reel them back in and say, okay, guys, we missed a couple of layups. We're doing great. You got your stops. We're not finishing those types of shots. If we work for them again, we'll get them. So just keep going for it. You gotta, you gotta just guide them into that direction. So there is definitely, I don't want to make it seem like the timeouts are nothing or that we're overreacting to the timeouts. There is definitely something there. What they do schematically to get these guys off their, their spots, it has to just be more effort. It has to just be that effort on the perimeter is simply you guys know that there's no Rob back there. It's on you. Don't ask Noah Vonley to do it because he's not going to do it. Don't ask Luke Cornett to do it because he's not playing. Don't ask Blake Griffin to do it because he's not going to be able to. You guys have to understand. Don't ask Horford to do it because he's old. He's old and like he can do it. He's not going to be on the floor to do it. Right. So I, I, I just, and it's, it, with the, with the, maybe the tired legs. Sure. You, you, and tired legs, frustration, clearly with the ejections, there was frustration. That's all that, that all piles up. I get it. But you have to, when you get back on the practice floor on Wednesday, got to refocus and say, we are going to on the perimeter slide and stay in front of these guys. And if, if we feel like we're getting beat, still put the effort to beat that guy to a spot and at least angle him off of the path that he's trying to get to. It's not even about just, okay, I'm going to get in front of him and take a charge. It's I'm going to beat him to a spot and I'm going to beat him to a spot now. So, so he's just not feeling great about a layup. There was a play, I forget who it was, where the Celtics were really reeling Grant Williams goes for an up fake guy drives by Marcus smart is there, but instead of standing there and taking a charge or at least being in that spot, he swipes and it, he misses and it goes in for a let that stuff. Is, you cannot do that discipline, stay down, get to these spots, all of that stuff. It's just so simple. You're right. We're not panicking. I'm not panicking, but I'm also saying, Get your act together. You can respond in just a second. I got to tell the people about Bet Online, which is your number one source for everything betting, uh, football, basketball, all of that stuff. In fact, I'm going to head on over to see the uh, the odds for. Do they have the cell? No, they probably don't have the cell. Odds never. That game is on Friday. That that up. But when you go to BetOnline.net, you can check it out. All of the latest player developments, matchups, news, podcasts, in-depth analysis on every game, every sport you want. Football, obviously. Basketball, obviously. World Series, MMA, boxing, golf, it's all there. Head on over to the website. Use your mobile device to learn more. Bet Online is where the game starts. Please gamble responsibly. Thanks for making Locked On Celtics your first listen. Check out Locked On NBA. I'm hosting that show today, too. Me and Jake Madison. Jake is watching his Pelicans take the uh, Dallas Mavericks to the wire. That game's going on. 
right now. So uh, Jake and I are going to have some fun with the Lockdown NBA podcast. Check it out wherever you get your podcast. All right, I interrupted you, Tom Westerholm. I hope you have that thought still locked and loaded. Uh, yeah, I'm good. So okay. I, I think the the thing that really stands out to me too about the frustration last night and the way that it <clears throat> the way that it affected the defense is that like th- like these guys are really amped up like like really yeah. like just me- like playing really mad and like really just kind of emotional right now and I do wonder if that's been really exhausting over the first like you know three and a half games like, mm. there was kind of this catharsis of like you know Tatum I mean how many times now. Uh, you, Tatum now brings up like how pissed off he is about the offseason completely unprompted. You know, like, yeah, yeah. He, like he says it all the time. Like I'm, you know, I, I say this all the time, but this was an awful offseason. I say this all the time, but you know, and, and, and like you kind of feel that energy coming off the Celtics. Like I do think that like, um, you know, however Tatum is as a leader, they are, it does feel like they're kind of taking that same cue from him of just like, yeah, we gotta, we gotta go out and win everything. And then, you know, when, when things start to go wrong, it did last night, especially, it did feel like there was this really building frustration of just like somebody was going to get ejected. And then Missoula got ejected, but he didn't really get his money's worth because he just kind of walked out <laughs> a little bit. And then Grant really got his money's worth and uh, might be a little poorer as a result. Uh, we'll definitely be, I would, I would bet very much that he'll be poorer as a result. Uh, oh, um, whether definitely. He's suspend, whether he's suspended or not, we'll, uh, we'll see what happens here. But um, I, I do think too, like, you know, when we talk about the three games and four nights and all that stuff, just the emotional energy of playing as pissed off as they have for the first like three games of mm. the season. I wonder if that kind of wore on them too. And then, yeah, when the Bulls, you hit like a tough stretch and then the Bulls are scoring, maybe that's where you start to get some of these swipes, some of these, you know, like a, like a guy gets by you and, and, and you commit a foul and where you, you put way too much on Noah Vonley and he commits five fouls in 12 minutes. Like, you know. Man, it's he like was, God, he was awful. He was terrible. He had a tough, tough night, man. And and but like you know, to your point, how much of that can you really put on him? This is not what he he was right. not brought in to, to be the you know he was not brought in to be the anchor of the defense. Like right, no, it's true. That's, it's true. That's not what he's supposed to do? We were so. debating of him. We were debating him making the end of the bench, and now yeah. he's getting rotation minutes. And I look <laughs> when they invited him to camp, I thought. Oh, that's cute. You know, that's, that's Ooh, nice. That's, uh, that's good for him. Good for him for trying. Um, and look, he, he, sp- he did spend last year in China for yep. a reason, for a reason. Um, and, and this is what we saw. Like th- that performance was very indicative and look, he's had, he's, he has had a couple of good performances as well. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. But, you just don't know game to game what you're going to get. And and if he's going to get an offensive foul every game setting a pick, then that, that's, that's got to change as well. But regardless, your point, your point stands with, with, um, with him. Let, let's just, I just want to touch on the grant thing because now, now we've gone a couple of games. There was, there was, maybe it was the, the game before that in Orlando where Grant was arguing a foul and it just persisted on and on and on. And he was at the free throw line and he was on the side, like lining up, uh, up the lane. And you heard Marcus 
at the, you know in the background going, "Okay, Grant, it's enough." If Marcus Smart is telling you that's enough, like maybe calm down. But his response was, "No, it's the truth. It's the truth." And you can see him telling officials, "It's the truth. It's the truth." He's been on a different level complaining so far this preseason. And I just don't know if at some point, the Southern's got to get that under control because officials are already hearing it from, from Tatum and they're already hearing it from Jalen and they're already hearing it from Marcus smart. So you've got your two stars and the anchor of your defense and the defensive player of the year guys who have earned at least some right to talk to the officials. And I like Grant. I actually, I like him on a personal level. I've always found him, you know, very pleasant to talk to. I think he's a great player. I think he's going to get paid a lot of money, deservedly so. But you're not the guy that should be on the refs that much. Because, like, if I'm an official and I'm like, okay, I I get it enough from, from the big names around here. Who the hell are you to be on my ass that much? Right. Like I would have a much, and, and that hurts. I think that hurts everybody because these guys are only human, right? These refs are only human. And I'm not defending a lot of the calls that they made throughout the course of the game. They get some right. They get some wrong, whatever. Your, your opinion of the officials is your opinion of the officials. I'm not defending every little call, but every, every one of these people that's out there, you know, how many, how long can you stand there with everybody getting on your ass? And then on top of it, Grant being as persistent as he is, like at some points, like shut up, Grant, get back and just leave it alone. This injection is not going to help anything. I can, I can bet on Friday, quick whistles, quick tech. I'm, I'm putting my money on a technical file on Grant first half of that, that game. Because once you bump an official, intentional or not, if they're reading it as intentional, once you bump an official, if he goes up and, and mouths off, he's going to get a tech in a blink on Friday. They're not going to. They're not going to stand for this. I, I expect a turnaround from the officials just shooting back on Grant. Yeah, because to your point, right? It's like you go down the list of people who could complain to the refs. Like you said, if Smart tells you to chill out, I actually think Smart generally speaking, is very respectful to the refs. Like, he argues his case, but, like, he kind of does it with, like, a smile. And he's like, you know, I always feel like he's kind of, like, very intentional about trying to be, like, the good guy um, with it. Tatum complains all the time. Tatum's a superstar. Tatum can get away with that. If Tatum picks up one technical, they're not going to give him another one. You know, it's just, like, he's reached that status, right? And, like, yeah, but, like, with Tatum, like you said, you just can't be yapping alongside him like that. You just, you can't be kind of like, they've already, they've already got enough. They're already sick of you. They're already sick of the Celtics. And honestly, if you're Grant and you're, and you're doing that stuff, you're leaving less room for a guy like Tatum, right? Like, like if you're yapping at the officials the whole time, that actually gives him less leeway to do like his hand wavy thing. that gets him a technical, like (laughs) 60% of the time, because it's in the rules and he's like, you know, like, However you feel about that rule, it's a recipe for getting a technical if you do that. But uh, regardless, they're not going to they're going to give you even less. You know, if it's 60 percent of the time, it might be 70 percent because, you know, Grant's already kind of worn them down. So, yeah, um, 
like you know, like you, I'm not I'm not gonna sit here and defend last night's calls. I mean, they missed a lot of you know, kind of tough ones. I thought I mean like that that goaltending one was really blatant. Like there were some there were some rough calls and no calls, but at the same time, it's like the Celtics are just like you're just, you know, Grant's not doing them any favors in that scenario. Yeah. Um, so no, I mean I realistically I agree with pretty much all of that. Like I I, I like Grant too. Like, you know, you know, he's uh he, he's a nice enough dude and he's uh he's yeah. he's a really talented player. I think he could be, you know, it's like you talk 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 to me in two years, right? Because like I think there's a world in which Grant Williams is a starter on this team someday. Like he's sure. he's a good player. Like he could easily be like a you know a, like a starter of you know floor spacing switching defender. But like you just have so many other players on this team. You have the longest tenured Celtic. You have the superstar. You have Al Horford, who's like you know aged. Like any of these right. men who want to like talk to the refs, fine. But like maybe not the guy who hasn't reached his rookie contract extension right. yet, you know? Right. The seventh man, because Ooh, yeah, if, yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like if I'm, if I'm a ref, if I'm, if I'm like Monty McCutcheon who runs the whole program, if Brad Stevens calls me up and says, Hey, what, what's been going on with these guys? You know, why, why, why is Grant getting targeted? I'd be like, dude, he's, he's the seventh man and he's in his what? Third, fourth year. Um, like earn, earn your stripes. Earn your stripes before you. Like, it's it's one thing to say, okay, hey, you know, I don't that no, that wasn't a foul or whatever. But like, he just is so persistent over and over to the point where other guys in their team just come on, all right, let it go, come on, let it go, and it, it's it, it that has to stop. A lot of things have to stop. That's the whole point of this podcast. All the things that have to stop. You have to stop letting guys blow by you. You have to stop getting beat on the pick and roll. You have to stop a lot of these things. But the the Grant Williams, you know, in the officials thing, like I just don't want any of the Celtics just going that deep into arguing with the officials. It just it's distracting and it doesn't really help a whole lot. But that's going to happen in the NBA. There's, you got to accept some of it. I just can't accept this level of it from Grant. It's just, just want him to calm down, dial it back 50%, you know, just bring it back. I, I, I'm almost pining for him to d- bring it back to what he was doing last year. Cause I feel like this year's worse. Just but like, and honestly, yeah. Like bark at the refs one time and, and then, and then you got to learn to let it go. Cause like the refs will, will let pretty much any player in the NBA say something to them because somebody says something to them on every single possession, right. every single one. It's just the continued like harping on it. Yeah. That's going to be the stuff that gets you in trouble. Like and tell also, them they tell them they missed it and run back down the floor. Yeah. Right. Also get back and then get, get back. back, get back. Just focus your energy on what you're supposed to do next. Don't, you know, the more time you spend with them, the, the less time you're thinking about basketball, get back and don't worry about it. It just it's it, it just feels like your your mind is elsewhere. That's that's the problem, and and I don't want Grant's mind to go elsewhere because you need him. All right, that's it. Meanwhile, that's the it. Celtics are three and one, and the Heat and Sixers, for example, are one and three. So <laughs> right, right, right. It was right. a very negative podcast for the circumstances. I mean, <laughs> right, but <laughs> it's true. It is true. But I mean, coming off of that Chicago game. Yes, the, it's very obvious. The negatives are very, very obvious. The the offense has been so great, but when the offense is just not going to be there every night, the defense and the poise is something that can be there every night. That's the thing. That's the problem. You can have 
you can drop 140 points one night and be like, wow, man, this team is just capable of greatness. And then you know there's going to be a 92-point game in there somewhere. It's just going to happen. But you hold the other team to 90 or less than 100, every night you can do that. You give yourself a chance to win. It's very simple. Yep. Tom Westerholm gives us a chance to win. Hey. Hey. Oh, that was sweet of me. <laughs> now I gotta let you go so I can talk about you uh in a more negative turn behind your back. Can't do it. Can't do it. Uh I can't I can't say anything negative about you either. You're watching, you're listening. I love you for it. This has been great. Thank you all for listening. Thank you all for subscribing. If you haven't subscribed, uh please do so and share the podcast. Tell your friends, tell everybody they should be listening to and watching. The Lockdown Celtics Podcast here on the Lockdown Podcast Network.